0: This is what I've learned from women, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and quiet rebels. I'm your host, Claire Cooflin, a certified coach specializing in helping women find their inner rebel and live life on their terms. Each episode will share stories and empower and support each other. This is episode four. In today's episode, I have the wonderful Sarah Robertson joining me. She is a brand designer, creative mentor, and writer, and she really has a slow approach to doing business, something that I really look up to and admire, and something I'm trying to do myself. We have a really nice conversation about how rest is important, and how to really run a business that feels aligned to yourself. It's a really lovely conversation, and I really hope you
1: enjoy it. Hi and welcome Sarah, how are you? Very well thank you, thanks for having me on. It's very nice to have you on. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Um, So I run These Are The Days which Mm -hmm. is a branding studio Um, so I support clients with strategy, styling, storytelling and I primarily work with small businesses. I also offer brand mentoring to clients and um, mm-hmm. so really just supporting them with decisions around branding and around business um so sometimes that's maybe more strategic in terms of planning but other times it's maybe supporting them through changes in their business so they might be changing their name or pivoting mm-hmm. um repositioning themselves and also really just giving them a little bit of cheerleading Mm. if and when they're deciding to relaunch something so I think that can be quite a tricky time for for small businesses and yeah feel a little bit isolating when they're starting something new or trying something different it's it's often nice just to have somebody in your corner really so yeah design and mentoring really kind of sums up the work that I do
0: Yeah, I absolutely love your work. I always love the colour palettes you share on Instagram and I love the idea of the play days and
1: yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's took me a little bit of time to kind of like carve out the services that I offer. Um, You know, you think the work's done when you've like named your business and launched it and then you start to think about all the other additional things that you can do above and beyond that. But yeah, the play days have been a real hit. They were just something I sort of tried out last year and i'd say they're probably the most popular service now really because you know we can get so much done in a day and clients will often book additional ones further down the line or maybe we'll do some mentoring combined with a play day but yeah i I really enjoy it and i I still work on projects but i only do maybe two or three projects a quarter now and then Mm -hmm. that gives me the sort of time and space to do the the one-off days and the mentoring too
0: (sighs) yeah sounds like a good balance
1: yeah trying to get there <laughs> with that sort of flow harmony yeah it's, it's, it's <laughs> <a> positive, right <laughs> yeah that el- elusive balance yeah. that we're all trying to find which mm-hmm. I don't know I think I've just accepted though maybe doesn't exist and yeah I have my sort of quieter times and then times mm-hmm. that are a little bit more challenging let's mm-hmm. see. yep mm-hmm. I feel that too
0: yeah <laughs> um, okay so let's go into the questions yeah <laughs> thank
1: you so much for sending these are brilliant I was really um yeah a bit of a challenge to answer some of them I think but I really loved having that kind of opportunity to kind of like challenge myself before mm-hmm. our conversation so yeah I really love the questions and I'm excited to hear other people answer them as well so
0: yeah, yeah me too yeah <laughs> okay so the first one what's the best advice you've been given
1: so the the first thing that came to my mind when I read this was actually a saying and it's something that my granny used to say actually and I'll say it how she used to say it and then I'll give you the translation (laughs) so she would always say what's for you will not go by you which is essentially what's for you will not go by you Mm. and I think I remember her saying it to me when I was a kid and you know just I think if there was times where something hadn't gone to plan or gone my way and I think as a child it's really tricky to sort of navigate disappointment and unless you've got kind of somebody supporting you and <laughs> I think mm-hmm. for me like my grandma's always very good at kind of like helping me shift how I felt about something Mm -hmm. so it was it was something that you know it's not something she came up with it's quite a common phrase Mm -hmm. but it's something that she used to say quite often and I think kind of drilled into me in a way which was nice because as an adult it's really helped me deal with you know times where you know I have been dealt a bad Mm -hmm. hand or maybe I can see that something's not quite having its time yet you know i I think it it's the kind of saying that that helps me realize that maybe there are some things that aren't supposed to be for me Mm -hmm. um and i I guess it's a saying that helps me find acceptance Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's a lot of lessons in that and i I suppose advice in in some way um but yeah it was something that just yeah stuck with me it's always been really valuable and so I thought actually I will share that because it's it's the first thing that came to my mind
0: yeah it's such a good one it's kind of like when you said that kind of acceptance that was one of the first things I thought and then I thought it also has this idea of there's potential ahead you know there's kind of there's more to think about and there's other things that might come along
1: exactly like there this thing might not be for you but there are other things out there or maybe it's just not the time for this Mm. and you know this will have its time and so there have been experiences that I've had tricky experiences either kind of professionally or personally where things maybe have worked out in the end or the thing I've been kind of like gunning for has kind of made its way to me but then there's there's other times where it's just not happened and then I've been able to find a little bit of comfort in the fact that that's okay
0: yeah yeah that's nice thank you for sharing that so how would you say you changed over the last 10 years
1: so that this is an interesting one for me because I'm coming up to 40 now Mm. and so yeah 10 years ago I was kind of entering my 30s and um my 30th year was quite a pivotal one for me because Mm. I got engaged Mm. I had my first child Mm. um and there was a lot of changes going on in my business at the time as well and um, I wasn't running these are the days at that point I was mm-hmm. running a studio with my partner Jonathan and yeah we were going through quite a lot at that point and we'd recently bought our first home together in Edinburgh and we're renovating that as well so quite a big renovation project was going on when I turned 30 so quite uh, an interesting kind of thought for me like how how things have changed over the last 10 years I suppose the the most challenging thing I've been through in the last 10 years is is very personal it's mm-hmm. you know I've, I've had a number of fertility challenges since having my firstborn, and that's had an impact on me in my life but also in my work too And I, and I actually think that some of the challenges I've experienced led to me starting this new business because I think I needed a new platform that felt more easeful, and in my old business there was like a sort of culture of and and, you know it's not uncommon in a design agency to have this but very much driven by deadlines, clients needing things yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we had a team around us there was just this constant kind of cloud hanging over you or certainly me where I felt like you know um where are the next projects coming from making sure everyone was happy and getting paid and I loved some aspects of that challenge but I've certainly learned over the last 10 years that a slower pace is much better for me um I think I was living in a complete state of anxiety in my early 30s and then motherhood and some of these other personal challenges really made me slow down Mm -hmm. and think about what was sustainable um Mm -hmm. what would make me happier and so I I feel now like I'm kind of leading from a place within my family where I've got boundaries Mm -hmm. and I suppose just feel a little bit more settled and at home in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and yeah I'm really enjoying it and it's um and it's quite interesting because I'm actually expecting another child now after going through all the kind of challenges and what's what's really interesting for me is the kind of the change between when I was going on maternity leave with my first and going Mm -hmm. on maternity leave in a few weeks Mm -hmm. is that I'm really looking forward to coming back to work like yes, I'm really excited about this time that I'm going to have after Mm -hmm. so much has gone on, but then there's, there's just this real feeling of, um, you know, looking forward to kind of what's next, I'm not feeling this sense of relief that works behind me or, you know, I can run away from projects and clients Mm. and I think I, I kind of wish that I'd kind of seen those signs a little more clearly way back then um and it yeah it feels good to be running a business that i'm yeah excited for the future of mm-hmm. and um you know the ideas are still flowing which is great and yeah i think um things were just i don't know i, th- I guess i was just on something of a treadmill maybe mm-hmm. and then um, so it's good to be off that now
0: yeah i think that really resonates with me I think I actually find that when I see you sharing things online that's really inspiring because I find that you inspire me to have a slower pace you inspire me to you know rest is important and you're one of those people that I kind of will see sharing things and think yes that's that's how business should be you know that's how we should be doing business you know we should be taking time off to go for a walk and you know I see you sharing those things and I think it's really great to show that side of life because I think there is this hustle culture there is this you know and that's that is starting to become less of a thing I think which is great but there is still this if you want to run your own business you need to work really hard and it needs to take all of your time and if you're not doing it all the time there's something not right with your business so it's nice to see you sharing those things
1: well that's good to know because I think sometimes like I try not to be preachy and Uh I suppose I guess I am quite passionate about people kind of knowing their own pace Mm -hmm. and yeah being able to to live in a way that you know it's it's such a tricky one because i think i do sometimes feel like i'm really fortunate to be able to take the time that i need or shift Mm. things around Mm. in my business and i think there's some people that maybe don't have as much flexibility or maybe they've got more responsibilities than i have or perhaps they're dealing with health issues that i don't have to deal Mm. with so I'm, i'm kind of mindful of sharing things sometimes but i always try and do it from a place of honesty and if i can mm-hmm. share like an experience like rather than just dictate this is how things are you know supposed to be i mean you know kind of learn the hard way really mm-hmm. that rest is vital like if i mm-hmm. if i don't get adequate rest then i know i'm not going to do my best work
0: definitely i totally agree and i think I I also agree that it's a kind of it is a wonderful position to be in but I do think you like I have worked to get to that position you know we've spent years doing difficult jobs or running busy businesses and we've learned the hard way like you said that actually what we need and not everyone needs it that's fine um but yeah what what we need is that pace that's just a bit different and also just a bit more balance and that's good that we've learned that I suppose
1: absolutely and i think it's even just having those voices out there where people do Mm -hmm. talk about that kind of balance or Mm -hmm. you know having a bit more harmony in your life and work and because the two really do go hand in hand when you're Mm -hmm. self-employed it's very difficult to separate them Mm -hmm. um but i feel as though it's it's vital really to have the different voices out there you know the people who talk about the rest but then maybe the people that do talk about just getting on and doing the work because there are folk that kind of thrive on that that is what motivates them Mm -hmm. and if they can be motivated without then having this kind of like I don't know sprinkling of anxiety on top Mm -hmm. of it and you know which is how I felt you know for me like pushing myself motivating myself you know constantly striving really just put me in a a place of you know fatigue and mm-hmm. um i suppose i always felt like i was playing catch up and it was really nice to start finding a different way and mm-hmm. i know that doesn't resonate with everybody that i've mm-hmm. i mean i've been working in a self employed capacity for well nearly 20 years now mm-hmm. and you know in that time I've come across people who would maybe look at the way I'm working now and probably just not see me like it'd be a different person because Mm. yeah I always was very ambitious and I still am but Mm. I guess it's like a sort of quiet ambition or you know I try and manage my my time and my space much better and really think quite carefully about what it is that I want to bring to life before I do something. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not really one for jumping in anymore. I do have to kind of, I mean, I I want to, but Mm -hmm. I think there's that mindful part of me now that's like actually slow down for a second or journal on it or put it to bed for a week or two and see how you feel about it later. If it's still something that's nudging you, Mm -hmm. then yeah, pick it back up
0: definitely I really like that term quietly ambitious I think that's a lovely way to put it because yes yeah we can all be really ambitious but you can do it in your own way basically Mm, yeah
1: absolutely yeah Yeah, amazing
0: um so who is a woman that has inspired you and
1: why I find this one really tricky because I was thinking (laughs) you know about sort of family and friends people in business Mm. um but the the thing that kept coming back to me was an experience i had in high school actually and it Mm -hmm. was around my writing and it was my english teacher mrs gray um who i don't know i i I just feel like i was having it's it's fresh in my mind because i was actually writing about it a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. um and one of the things that she gave me was self-belief you know i really was struggling at school um this was kind of like exam time and I was really into my creative subjects but I wasn't really into much else and so there was a lot of pressure from other teachers but she was really kind of good at helping me just kind of like focus on the things I got most enjoyment from Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and um she introduced me to poetry for the first time and Mm -hmm. Maya Angelou um Mm -hmm. was the first poet that I studied and so I wrote kind of like my first exam piece on her and Mm. studied her poems I was the only person in the class doing poetry as well and I think there was like part of me that quite liked the fact that I was just doing something a bit different being a bit different and really kind of like got um into poetry and trying to write my own and yeah she was just really encouraging Mm. and you know I did well in my creative exams didn't do so well in the others but she was just really good at kind of like picking me back up even the following year when I was going on to you know continue my studies in English um, Mm. and also art and music she was just very supportive and it was good at helping me kind of like switch off those kind of like negative voices or just kind of like ignore anyone who had opinions about what I should be doing because of course at that time you're thinking about university and what's next Mm -hmm. and yeah i think she just kind of instilled in me this um this ability to be able to figure out what i wanted or to to go for what felt right for me Mm -hmm. and there have definitely been times in my life where i've kind of lost that or I've had to kind of go full circle to come back to that place where I feel a little bit more at home with myself and I can make, you know, decisions um based on my intuition. But, yeah, she was just very, very supportive and, you know, held my hand at what was quite a challenging time. And, yeah, I think just kind of, like, sowed those kind of, like, seeds of kind of, potentially someday being a writer and I've only just recently come back to that in the last year or so but mm. like definitely her words kind of ring true or ring loud rather mm.
0: you
1: know I feel like she's often in my ear kind of like giving me a kind of like you know a gentle nudge to carry mm. on and um yeah not let the negativity mm. get the better of me
0: Lovely, yeah. Teachers can have such a big inspiration on students, and you know they work so hard and they're stretched, and yeah, it's lovely to think about somebody having had that impact that you're still thinking about now. That's really lovely.
1: Well, yeah, because well, I don't know, I went into leave school, gosh, like 20 to mm. 23 years ago. So yeah, it's nice that she's mm. got that impact, and I, I really do value teaching, and mm. yeah, I think. um I think for her as well she felt like with me she'd maybe found somebody that you know had a real passion for something so it was like right I can ignite this and I think it it's great when a teacher spots that you know and can help somebody do something about it because I know that um you know a a huge part of her job was really just managing a classroom or keeping Mm -hmm. certain people quiet or you know trying to kind of manage the folk who weren't interested and then Mm -hmm. nourish the people that were you know um yeah she has a really tough job but yeah she did make a a huge kind of impact on me absolutely absolutely so do you have a favorite quote or saying i do yeah this is one that i've been coming back to quite a lot recently and it and it kind of ties in with what we were talking about um before the last question Mm -hmm. and it's a Virginia Woolf quote it's Mm -hmm. no need to hurry no need to sparkle no need to be anybody but oneself
0: oh wow that's really beautiful
1: and I just love that she I mean she wrote that you know (laughs) such a long time ago but even then she just knew the value of like slowing down not keeping up with everyone else not watching what other people are doing not trying to, you know, shine above anybody or mm. make yourself do something that you're not ready for. And I just, mm. yeah, I love it. Um, mm. Oh, yeah, I
0: feel like I'm going to have to put that on my wall in my in my office. That sounds like the perfect thing to kind of keep you grounded, I suppose.
1: Oh, completely. And there's just something really nice and lyrical about it, mm. but, you know, memorable too. So, mm. yeah, I really... I love her work and, um, yeah, she was definitely somebody that was, like, way ahead of her time.
0: Mm. Mm. So, in your opinion, what are some of the biggest challenges that women face today and what can we do to overcome them?
1: So, that this got me to thinking about, kind of, health challenges because I'd mentioned mm. that I'd kind of had to learn the hard way mm. about, I suppose living my life in a more balanced way.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um I think the kind of biggest challenge is or one of the biggest challenges of course is um like trying to find that elusive balance between kind of managing our well being, mm-hmm. running a business. And then of course if you've got other things to manage around that, mm-hmm. whether it's family, you know, and, and that might not even be your own children, it could be your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. that you have to look out for and I think it's really I think it's just such a struggle for some people now mm. you know and there's not really enough support there or certainly mm. services are too overstretched to be able to offer this support so a lot of it kind of does fall in our laps as women um, mm. to try and solve those problems and challenges and you know make something better of them and what i found is um having lived with chronic fatigue over the last few years and that's something that i suppose kind of came around about the time of burnout for me you know a, a personal burnout professional burnout and i think just realizing that i'd been running on empty for way too long and kind of pushing myself or being pulled and um yeah I just feel like there needs to be more awareness around what it takes to actually navigate life and work and yeah. um, especially when you're trying to protect your energy and um, but it's I think it's just it's a tricky one there's not really one solution to it I think it's just ongoing conversations and it was like you were saying about noticing that maybe I talk about slow living or making space for rest and of course I noticed that with you and other people that I'm connected with online and it it's really good I think just to get those continual gentle reminders I'm not really sure that there's like a solution to it or an answer for it all other than just yeah being aware and being mindful
0: yeah listening to yourself I suppose and trying to pick up on those signals because I think we all can push ourselves a little bit too far sometimes and you know we might know that we're tired but certainly especially because we were talking about ambition, it, it kind of sometimes that will overpower the the knowledge that oh I'm a bit tired but but I really want to get this finished or I really want to do this. And yeah, I think it's really important to listen to yourself because we will always our body, our mind will always give us clues. Um but it's really easy to ignore them, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me that is something that i've really had to learn is to you know tune into my body know what i need and i think sometimes as well be like really brave about saying Mm -hmm. no or not yet or even changing my mind um i've certainly had that in the last week or so where i've maybe taken on a little bit too much i suppose Mm -hmm. and just like trying to get a bit much finished Mm -hmm. before I I go on leave in the next week or so. Mm -hmm. And I've actually had to extend like the period uh, by like another week, you know, before I put Mm -hmm. my out of office on, which Mm -hmm. isn't ideal. But then I also thought, do you know what? If I try and do everything I need to do this week, I am going to be absolutely exhausted. Mm -hmm. So in fact, having that extra week is just giving me a bit of a buffer. Um, And then, you know, a couple of people have reached out and said, oh, no, you're going to leave soon, but would you mind doing X, Y, Z? Mm -hmm. And I've had to say no. And it's really tough because I'm like, well, they'll maybe go off to another designer now or they might work with Mm -hmm. somebody else or, you know, but that's okay. And, you know, that's what they need for their business. And it's just about, yeah, being really brave and identifying, you know, what I need. And Mm -hmm. I definitely don't need to be adding any more to my plate at the moment. I've kind of, I do that. kind of enough myself you know i give myself <laughs> enough to do you know and i've come up with some ideas lately where i'm like oh that's it oh, well, i might do that mm-hmm. before i finish up so i've had to be like quite firm with myself mm-hmm. about leaving some stuff until later in the year or even early next year and yeah not getting too carried away um so yeah these are we've got these challenges that we face but um you know it's it's not all really about other people putting on us it's mm-hmm. I think we've got a real responsibility to know what our boundaries are and understand our energy and our capacity Mm. and, yeah, dictate our own pace. Yeah. Yeah, and and like you said,
0: just learning how and when to say no, because I think some of us struggle with that. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's... I know, what do they say? That it's a full sentence or, you know, it's... You can't just say no. I'm definitely not just a no person. I mean, I do. Yeah, I am in some ways. um, I'm just, yeah, compared to like even just a year or two ago, you know, that I wouldn't say no. But like recently I've turned away quite a few projects and that was tough, you know, because part of me is like, well, that would be a really nice job to work on or, you know, a little bit extra money in the bank before going on leave would be really helpful. But then you know you've just got to be a bit more sensible and thankfully I know a couple of really good designers that I can refer people on to and it and it actually feels good to pass work to other mm-hmm. business owners too so um, you know I know that anybody I've not been able to help is in good hands if they decide mm-hmm. to to work with those folks so it's never a case of like no can't do that or no you know won't help you it's very much about you know fi- finding a solution for them even if means I don't have to get involved so
0: like a good way
1: to do it yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so do you have an ultimate life tip or hack
1: well this one I was I really did toil over actually and I think it's because I suppose there's lots of little things that I do and it was hard to kind of identify one Mm -hmm. that kind of was more important than another And this isn't very practical advice, but I just think there's something around, you know, cultivating the belief that nothing's ever more important than your energy. And again, I know we're kind of talking along the same theme and -hmm. the same lines, but I think it's just reminding myself each morning, like what, what is my capacity? And it's like sometimes that might come through in journaling or this morning I decided to go for a walk so I did the school run and then I just did like an extra half hour Mm -hmm. tagged on to that to just try and yeah clear my mind a little bit Mm -hmm. and I think it's just that it all just comes from a place of like what's my pace today what Mm -hmm. do I have the capacity to do and I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed you know I've got a few calls Mm -hmm. and also conscious that it's like there's this feeling of kind of like time running out. I'm really trying to let go of that because I know it's not the case and that I've got plenty of of time and resource here. Yeah, like old habits die hard, don't they? So I still do get a little bit anxious from time to time and need to, yeah, get out for a walk or Mm. sit and journal. And I I suppose the tip is really just to take five minutes to find something that feels good Mm. and hopefully use that time whether it's being in nature or writing to just yeah tap into what you need Mm. that day and that 10 minute walk just did me the world of good because I came back home and I was like oh actually these two things I can just move to the end of the week Mm. they suddenly didn't seem that important anymore and it was just (laughs) me that was placing the same level of importance on everything
0: yeah it's interesting what that space can do kind of opens up the mind or so that you can start thinking about other possibilities and I've seen recently you've been um doing morning pages is that right yes
1: you've done it before as well haven't you it's not your first time no and it's not something that I do regularly between either like I know some people that have done the artist's way which is where the kind of like morning pages concept comes from Mm -hmm. and have done them for years in fact I know a woman that's been doing morning pages for about 20 years she's like my journaling hero
0: that's amazing
1: (laughs) and I went through the art with the first time I did the artist's way Mm -hmm. she'd done it before but the first time I went through it, she was part of a group that I formed. There was mm. um quite a few of us to begin with, but in the end there ended up just being four of us mm. um going through kind of like the second half of it because it's quite common for people to drop off. It is a commitment and, of course, life gets in the way and you sometimes have to reprioritize things. But mm. she's she's been doing morning pages all that time and it's like her non-negotiable. But for me... I don't know I I sometimes I was chatting to a friend about it this morning actually very briefly I say chatting just messaging each other but she was saying that she'd finally journaled this morning Mm -hmm. after not opening her journal for ages and Mm -hmm. I think she's probably similar to me in that when I really need to journal that's Mm -hmm. probably when I journal least Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're kind of like scared of showing up on the page Mm -hmm. and but I just try and tell myself, like, even if I can just do five minutes or write one page, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um three pages is wonderful, like if you can mm-hmm. do that every day. And there is something magic that happens at that halfway point, like you get a page and a half, two pages in, and it's often like a bit of a light bulb moment, or maybe that's when you start to kind of like ease into it.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: does take a bit of determination though to carry carry that on. And I'm in the middle of the artist's way. I'm saying in the middle. I'm actually week eleven now. Mm-hmm. This is my second time doing it. And mm-hmm. I really love all the exercises and I do love the writing, but I have struggled to keep up with daily morning pages. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's helped me kind of like reignite some good creative habits and it's helped me, I think, come up with ideas and plans for next year. So I think it's been like a really healthy process for me to go through even if I've not kind of uh, I suppose been a good student 100% yeah it's always something that's fascinated me I've always
0: wanted to do it and I've never I'm the same I never journal when I need to I kind of will I might do it after that point or maybe before that point but it'll always be there's a block there for me that I'm worried about what might come out or I don't know what it is but yeah I totally understand that but maybe I'm now gonna have to do it because it sounds amazing so yeah
1: it's it's really worthwhile I mean I know I the first time I did the artist's way, I stuck to it kind of rigidly. I mean, mm. in fact, I was almost hard on myself. Like, if I had missed them for three days, then I would write nine pages. It was it became like penance. Yeah, <laughs> <It was laughs> like that's actually like the opposite of healthy. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I feel like this time around, what what's been good about it is that I've just taken what I've needed from the process. Yeah. Um, so like having a bit of an artist day each week. Most of the time that's been writing for me. But even just, you know, it doesn't have to be a kind of like a big visit to a museum or taking like a day out. It can Mm. be, you know, I just pop around to my local bookshop and have a little browse. Or, Mm. you know, it can just yeah, be taking yourself out of the space that you're in every day. You know, I I definitely need to get away from my desk and, Mm. you know, work in a cafe from time to time or you know because it just completely changes your your environment as well as your kind of attitude to things Mm. and yeah I often have like little breakthroughs if I change up where I'm working I don't know if you feel the same I know I know you sometimes get out on a bike where yeah
0: no I do I think it does give you there's something about that being in a different space that I find that I work better um I'm less distracted um yeah it does and and yeah I do get different ideas even like you were saying going for a walk I find that sometimes when I go for a walk if I'm listening to something I'll be full of ideas and I'm like where's my pen <laughs> but but it's just yeah there's something about that different space and different environment that really does open up the mind definitely yeah. yeah yeah completely so what advice would you give to women who are just starting their careers and looking to make an impact
1: so if I look back on my career, I I wish somebody had just helped me see that the end result doesn't always matter. And I think just kind of letting go of the outcome of things can be really important because I used to just wed myself to results, achievements, you know, always aiming for a particular goal, And I think goal setting is really important. I think it's good to have something to navigate towards, but then maybe once you've decided what that thing is, try and enjoy the process. Because, you know, I think then whatever it is you're working towards will always have a much greater impact. Mm -hmm. I think if you're really focused on what's next, Mm -hmm. then you're not kind of present or in the moment or... Or really, yeah, getting satisfaction from something, and I've, I find that with writing in particular, because I'm working on a little writing project at the moment, and I've been working on that for just over a year now, mm-hmm. and that is kind of like my sort of me time project, and I I don't get a lot of time to do it, but it's made me feel kind of anxious at times about what the end result's going to be, um, if and when I get to the end of it. So I try and really pull myself back to finding that fun in the process and mm-hmm. yeah, just being a bit more playful with it. And whether that's a business or a hobby, I, I just think it applies to so many parts of our lives.
0: Definitely. I think so much. Um, I, I agree with you about the goal setting thing. I think I spent a lot of my early years in business just going from the next goal to the next goal to the next goal and not taking any time to really celebrate the achievement or to celebrate the win and just pushing harder. And I think that is what lent, lent me towards working in a unhealthy way for me and kind of realizing that I needed more rest. But yeah, I think that really looking at the way that we attach value to an outcome is a really important lesson actually yeah
1: yeah and also kind of like attaching that outcome to our value too Mm -hmm. and you know so like if something doesn't work out if it does fail you know there's this tendency towards beating ourselves up over it but actually well what have you learned from it and it's easy for me to say because you know Mm -hmm. if something disappointing happens with me then you know or, or my expectations aren't met you know I will have you know a period of wallowing but mm-hmm. I think you've just got to bring yourself back to what you learned from it or just see a way to be able to reframe it um like there's this saying it's oh, is it now what is it I've written about it lately so I should really know it off the top of my head rejection is redirection and it's like rejection is just oh it's it's a horrible thing you know to have to deal with no matter what the kind of circumstances around it but if you can just see it as well actually that thing didn't work out but it's freed up space for this other thing that I really care about or I think like I often find like say I miss out on a project that I really wanted to work on like, a few days later, a few weeks later, something might come along that's really exciting and fill that space, yeah. and it's, I think it even just comes back to that kind of what's for you, won't go by you thing, like, just thinking the same thing, yeah, yeah it's gonna kind of work out, Um, but oh, it's, it's just so tricky, and, I, you know, I can really resonate with what you were saying about kind of, like, almost burning yourself yeah. out in that quest for something, and when really the the rewards are likely to be much greater if you can enjoy what you're doing and not stay too kind of pinned to that end result, or or even just have a few potential outcomes that would be mm-hmm. lovely rather than just one particular goal. Like it might work out in different ways, and I think even just seeing things as an experiment can be, you know, a nice way of kind of like reframing your goals.
0: Definitely. And when you see things in an experiment, you're open to failure. And I think failure helps us to learn more. And I think we're so afraid of failure. You know, it's like that rejection and failure. We're really afraid of it. And actually, sometimes it can be really valuable learning.
1: Yeah. And I think as well, like you just kind of made me think about how we often see like success and failure as like black and white, like either or. And we forget about the in between bits of reaping tiny rewards along the way definitely, and so yeah uh, for me it is a constant kind of practice of trying mm-hmm. to bring myself back to that because mm-hmm. yeah you know all of us get disappointed from time to time but I think it's how you bounce back from that that's um, mm-hmm. important
0: yeah definitely so what is the biggest lesson you've learned
1: I think the biggest lesson is to protect my emotional well-being at all costs you Mm -hmm. know and for me you know a few years ago that meant sidestepping a business that I'd grown and a business Mm -hmm. that I loved but had kind of fallen out of love with and Mm -hmm. you know that's led to creating the business that I run now which it's a business that largely keeps me happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I said earlier, kind of excited for the future, which is nice. Yeah, it gives, it's given me, the business has almost been like a boundary in creating space for wellness and um trying to explain this in a way that <laughs> makes sense because it's more about a feeling rather than a particular thing. But yeah, I think it's, you know, it's like I've found something that feels good.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, that sounds nice. And that's nice to think that your business is creating a boundary. I think that's a really lovely way to think about it. And that will certainly help with the wellness and the emotional kind of well-being. I think that, again, we're always when we start businesses, sometimes we're very much in the it has to be successful back to what we were just talking about. And sometimes we forget about our emotional well-being and we forget about just generally that there's a person running this business.
1: Yeah, completely. And and you've just reminded me actually, even with the name of my business, which is "These mm-hmm. Are the Days," you know, I I landed on it almost by accident, but loved it straight away because it kind of just comes from a place of wanting to be in the here and now, and it's like that. You know, these are the days. This is the time, and mm-hmm. you know, not kind of ruminating too much over the past or you know overthinking about the future and yeah kind of being here and now it's almost like a little reminder in itself which is nice.
0: Okay so how have you seen women's roles in society
1: evolve during your lifetime? I think so. you know what's fresh in my mind is mm. the surprise that was on somebody's face just last week when I told her that i tired hired Jonathan mm. so I think the perception is that Jonathan is my boss mm-hmm. at the old kind of studio that we that we ran and mm-hmm. to be honest it doesn't bother me whether people think that or not but it's an interesting conclusion to jump to and um, because I'd started um, my studio about four years before Jonathan came on board so he left his full-time job to join me mm-hmm. and um, we worked together for about 12 years um before mm-hmm. I set up this new business but yeah I think it's interesting that those kind of assumptions are made and and I, I suppose I enjoy challenging that in a way because I did challenge it I did explain what the situation actually was but but in a way that um because Cora was with me at the time it was kind of even just demonstrating for her that you know um not mummy's the boss but (laughs) something similar and it was just it was just quite a funny moment you know and um there was a little bit of awkwardness and stuff as well but and it was such a small thing but I guess I feel kind of strongly about it because when I first entered the workplace and started out my career in marketing and design it was largely a male environment and I remember there being like so many male managers in my department. I worked in a big marketing team. There was about 90 of us and there was one female manager to about six or seven male managers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she was often pinned as somebody that was aggressive or comments would be made about her being above her station. And yet, you know, if one of her male counterparts kind of behaved in the same way, he was labeled as like confident or it was something to be admired and you know so i think it's really important that we do have these female role models who show that it's possible you know to do more and be more and and i think society has moved on a lot but then i I still think when i have conversations Mm -hmm. albeit just a tiny exchange like i had with somebody last week Mm -hmm. it just shows me how far we've still got to go Yeah, Yeah. we do. I think that's a really
0: interesting point about the kind of strong women in business compared to strong men in business or just, you know, what people would perceive as just men in business, really. Um, It's a really interesting kind of alpha culture that comes up. And um, I think from my point of view, I was in retail um, quite young. I started in retail when I was 16 and I climbed the ladder before I did anything more creative and there was a real when I was sort of 16 which was a while quite a while ago now (laughs) there was a really alpha culture going on in there and the female managers that I worked under were very strong and quite alpha but a lot of the big retail managers were male and there still was this culture of kind of sexism and yeah it really was there and I think I really find that interesting that strong female narrative versus male in the
1: workplace. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think it's often, you know, if if a female's strong, you know, she's angry or, you know, like other <laughs> labels that are really undeserved. Um and then the opposite for the male. But yeah. yeah, I suppose it's just interesting for me because um I started both of the businesses that support my family. So the business mm. that my partner now continues to run and that I still Play a small part in, but I mean it's largely him that's driving that, and you mm. know he does an an amazing job with that business mm. and I've pretty much just handed it over to him, mm. and then I've got you know the new branding studio mm.
0: I'm
1: saying new it's they're not very new now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah they they both support our family mm. and It's not something I really talk about very often, Mm -hmm. but it is something I suppose that I am quietly proud of. And I don't know, maybe I ought to be a bit more vocal about it so as to encourage others. I don't know, but I obviously don't talk about it enough or or I I don't know whether I need to. I don't feel like I really need to prove myself in any way, to be honest. But yeah, it just struck me as interesting, that that little exchange last week. And then I thought, Mm -hmm. do I you know need to make it clear I don't know because I'm not really interested in lording it over my partner or anything it's not not really about that it's inspiring
0: I didn't know that you'd started the previous studio like I had no idea and I think that is really inspiring that you've started both businesses that support your family that's really yeah
1: inspiring thank you (laughs) I feel like emotional and embarrassed yeah I'm not very good at kind of like um yeah blowing my own trumpet I think so mm-hmm. get better at it yeah. um yes. yes i think i used to be actually better at mm-hmm. it and then it would be it would come across i'd worry it'd come across as arrogant rather than confident so i would just yeah just kind of hide away a bit and not not yeah. share quite so much about achievements or things like that oh I definitely didn't come across as arrogant it came across as
0: inspiring so (laughs) thank you (laughs) who's your favorite female character in a book film or tv series
1: oh i love this question and Mm -hmm. i can answer this one really easily but um i love amelie the movie yeah and the character i just Mm -hmm. think she is so fun and playful and Mm -hmm. she's a bit you know a bit naughty (laughs) um it's obviously a really stylish beautiful film and I love the soundtrack and actually since I asked since I got your questions I've been listening to it while I've been working um but yeah I don't know I think she's just a dreamer and Mm -hmm. I think I need to watch the film again actually Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. maybe this week or something because I find myself taking life a little bit less seriously after I've Mm -hmm. watched it there's just something quite yeah sort of magical about it
0: mm, lovely that's a nice one okay so final question what have you learnt
1: from women that we can endure mm. and that's um that's based on a quote from Frida Kahlo actually whose Cora's got these um little people books and yeah. she loves the Frida one but yeah she said something along those lines and you know, I think when you look at her life, she coped mm. with so much. And her outlet was her art, her creativity. And, you know, I'm a big believer in kind of like tapping into our curiosity to overcome hardships. And I guess for me, I've you know I've mentioned writing already, but that's my kind of therapy. It's a kind mm. of nurturing of ideas and it, and it helps me just get through life really and make sense of stuff even if it's journaling I'm doing rather than say writing a, a chapter of the wee project I'm working on. But yeah, I think it, yeah, I just think that we can make it through. Yeah. That's a
0: wonderful sentiment. I love it. And I love Frida Carla. She's just so inspiring. Her tenacity, just, I just, yeah, she's just an incredible woman. I'm speechless because I love her so much.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well that's it. It's you know what she <laughs> did lead such an incredible life. Um yeah, the film was great that uh, was based on her life as well. But also um, you know, she makes her way into all these like children's books and stuff mm-hmm. as well. And I just think it's such great inspiration for young girls. Um, Cora's fascinated with her. We've got the Maya Angelou book as well. There's quite a few others. She loves the Coco Chanel one. She thinks she means business. Yeah, she says she means business, mum. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's, I think, I, I just don't remember having stuff like that when I was growing up, like these books and, you know, n- knowing who these women were and, you know, people I could be inspired by. So, you know, I I don't know. I probably have a bit more fun with these books than Cora does, to be honest, because whenever I see a new one, I'm like, oh, she's not got that. It's like you've got a whole little... <laughs> Little People Library um, but it's they're really good and of course there's some great you know male role models as well you've got the David Bowie book and she loves David well she she calls him David Edinburgh but David Attenborough book as well nice (laughs) so yeah um, no I do I, I think yeah she's Frida Kahlo yeah definitely someone that's up there in my sort of like top five people I'd want at a dinner party or something like that.
0: Yeah. I mean I'd be a bit scared of her, but
1: yeah. <laughs> she could sit at the head of the table. She'd yeah. all sit at the head of oh, the table. she team. would, You'd I think she would sit at the head of the table. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't even have to offer her the seat, yeah. she'd just go straight there.
0: That's all that love.
1: That's it, that confidence. And yeah, the like you say, the you know, she was tenacious and yeah.
0: Yeah, she was. So, why can people find you online?
1: Um, mostly, I am hanging out on Instagram. These are the And my website is also these are the mm-hmm. I am finding my way with Pinterest, mm-hmm. thanks to some support from you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: yeah, I am. Um, that's these are the days. Co. Mm-hmm. She can't have a dot. Oh no! <laughs> no, that really. <laughs> really affected me from a branding and consistency perspective but i've let it go but yeah i'm really enjoying using that platform actually Mm. to share advice and inspo and um yeah just feels like a nice space to be in actually nice alternative to socials yeah it's positive isn't it it feels like
0: yeah just always feels positive going there i agree with you
1: yeah totally whether you're kind of like finding inspiration or sharing it it's I don't know there's just something I know we've talked about it before but there's a nice Mm. kind of slow marketing vibe there which yeah yeah I really enjoy so well
0: thank you thank you so much for joining me it's been so lovely talking to you
1: I know it's been nice because I know we've had um well I've had some coaching from you and I know I've I've Mm. done um some of your courses in the past Mm. and it's actually quite nice just to have a conversation and learn a bit more about each other outside kind of businessy space I suppose.
0: Yeah I really lovely really really enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for having me on.
0: You can find me over on Instagram at grow underscore with underscore Moxie or you can email me at hello at clairecuplin.co.uk I'm also on Substack under moments of Moxie. The podcast will also be hosted over there as well as in all the other places that you can find it. Thank you for listening and if you like this, press subscribe so you can get the next episode straight in your feed. I hope you're having a really wonderful week. I'll speak to you soon.